News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Right here, the News Talk giant in North Alabama, we got Right Side Radio. I'm your host, Phil Williams, and like we like to say, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, i got to take a minute to talk about some international relations. You know, I spend a lot of my time talking about Alabama, trying to make sure that the news of the day fits into the parameters of where we live, you know, making you proud of where we live, uh, reminding you of why it's worth preserving. But I also have to look outside the borders and, and see things that I know also impact us. And I know this audience, and I know where I live. And, and the truth be told, uh, I also know where I've served and that, and that there are so many of you out there who over the last 20 years have served uh, in the global war on terror. And, um, and it's, it's, it's somewhat disheartening to see the way the Biden administration has decided to uh, treat that, um, that ground where we have lost a lot of blood and treasure in Afghanistan. Now, I know the Trump administration was already intent upon pulling out. And, and I didn't agree with Trump on everything. I do agree. Let me straighten out this, this perhaps misconception that some of you may be perceiving right now. I do not believe that we need to just perpetuate the war forever. All right? Wars have to come to an end at some point. Having said that, I also do believe that there is a strategic interest uh, in that part of the world that we cannot abandon. Is China our near-peer adversary? Yes, they are. Uh, is China raising up... Um, in ways that we have never seen before? Yes, they certainly are. And, and we need to be paying close attention to that and posturing ourselves accordingly. But we cannot, we cannot lose sight of the fact that if you picture Afghanistan on a map, just picture the hub of a wheel, all right? Picture the hub of a wheel, and on one side of the hub, you've got Iran. On another side of the hub, you've got uh, Pakistan. On another side of the hub, you've got China. And on another side of the hub, you've got the stands, the former stands of the former Soviet Union, like Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and the others, all of which make that an extremely strategic spot in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's there, and it's someplace that we've been, and it's someplace which we've established relations. It's also a place from which we've been attacked, and yet we're going to pull out completely? Is there a reason why we would not leave one enduring base? Is there a reason why we would just go ahead and abandon Bagram Airfield? I mean, you've got an opportunity there to maintain just a presence, and that presence gives you a staging forward presence for foreign policy projection. That, that presence gives you the ability to quickly respond to emergencies. That presence gives you the ability to not have to expend great resources trying to find a means by which you can gain the all-valuable human intelligence. It's not enough to have satellite imagery and drone capability. At some point, you've got to talk to somebody on the ground. And there has never truly been a war won that we didn't have boots on the ground in some capacity. And so right now, what we just did was we sacrificed our ability to have a forward presence by means of this usual vacuum-creating ridiculousness that we see out of the Biden and previous Obama administration in which Biden was participating. If you remember, the manner in which the Obama administration jerked us out of Iraq, willy-nilly, no remainders, no ability to maintain a force projection, no, no security element literally created the gap that ISIS needed. And for a period of time, we lost a huge swath of Iraq and parts of Syria. And, and it was ISIS, a non-nation state, attempting to form itself into a nation state 
what they called the caliphate. They wanted the great caliphate. Well, what we're seeing right now is in Afghanistan is a repeat of the Biden-Obama blunder from some years back in Afghanistan. And I'll tell you the headline that got my attention at about 10.30 last night as I surfed the news before, you know, calling it a day. I'm holding it in my hands right now. The headline is, the Taliban fly their flag in Kunduz as exhausted Afghan troops regroup. Kunduz, Afghanistan is where I spent a year of my freaking life. Literally living among the Afghan people, forging real relationships with real people who just want to live. And on top of that, conducting multiple combat operations, raids against Taliban strongholds, uh, patrols into areas where we were told we were the first white people ever seen, Westerners ever seen in, 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 in a generation they could remember. Uh, going through all the processes of working to try and help rebuild society that had been torn down by the Taliban. And now I look at a headline that says that in the absence of U.S. forces or interest to give the Taliban reason to have to negotiate any further, the Taliban have decided to break all negotiation promises and they have now swept across the nation and Taliban forces, it is said, have captured more than half of Afghanistan's 400 odd districts. So Afghanistan is made up of provinces that have districts. So picture, picture basically like uh, the state of Alabama with counties and cities and, and, and they've seized of those 400 Half, basically, of Afghanistan's urban centers are now controlled by the Taliban. Taliban seized Kunduz over the weekend. Um, this is a major place because when I first got there in the beginning of the war, it was where the Taliban had held out. It was, it was, a, it was the last holdout of the Taliban. The ground was still smoking when I got there from the uh, Spectre gunships and the B-52s bombing it. And, and literally, on the ground... The people were just waking up to a new world in which they didn't have to fear. And then last night I watched video of Afghan people in, in Kunduz, Afghanistan, running down the same streets that I used to patrol, um, trying to get away from the combat operations. And the Biden administration has allowed it to happen. And the rapid fall of these other cities that surround it, places where I patrolled on a regular basis around Kunduz, places like Saripul and Telecon, all of which are part of the northern capitals. It comes just weeks before we were set to complete our total pullout. In other words, they could care less that we still have some element of troops there. They know they're dealing with a weak administration. They've pushed into the edges of cities like Kandahar and Lashkargah in the south and Herat out in the west. Herat, by the way, is on the border of Iran. Herat is considered to be um, one of the few enclaves of true Shia um, Islam and relates heavily to Iran and in the absence of a strong central government in Afghanistan I guarantee you it's going to become like a de facto province of Iran just like it used to be. This city Kunduz is also considered part of what they call the breadbasket of Afghanistan. It's the place from which the large amount of agriculture for the country comes from. A lot of the country is desert, a lot of it's very arid, some of it's in the high mountains. But the true farmlands, the, the places where they can actually grow grains and crops and melon and other things, come from the Kunduz area in and around the northern provinces. And the Taliban now control the breadbasket of Afghanistan. So over the weekend, B-52 bombers and gunships were actually sent into action by U.S. forces to try and stop the Taliban advance. 
didn't make it, didn't do it right, or didn't get them on target. I don't know what the case may be, but all said and done, it didn't slow the Taliban advance one bit. And yet here we are dropping bombs on a country that we just fought for 20 years to preserve. And the idea that this is even necessary is frustrating to begin with. But to watch our own ability to conduct foreign policy and force projection degraded by a presidency that does not recognize the value of where people have been sent to die is, is maddening. General Jack Keane was on this morning and literally said in his interview that we've got to get some special forces at the very least back in there to call in these airstrikes so they're targeted and we can make something happen. Now, all of you out there that are green suitors that are listening to me right now, I know a bunch of you wear a patch on your right shoulder that says you served somewhere downrange, many of you in Afghanistan. And I suspect that you're as frustrated as I am in some ways. Don't want to go back, but don't want to see what you did wasted. And that's where I'm at. I mean, at this point, I'm retired. After 30 years of military service, I'm not putting on that green suit anymore. But I've got people very close to me who are. And they should not have to be put in the position of going back to places I've already been to fix what we just chose to walk away from and allow to fall apart. Now, listen, th that's where we are right now. That's a piece of our foreign policy. And Redstone Arsenal is right smack in the thick. Because right there at Redstone, we have any number of people who've either already served or may wind up serving again in a place where supposedly we're done. And yet supposedly no mission was accomplished, according to President Biden. Yet General Jack Keane, who I respect greatly and who was awarded the medal of, uh, I think the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Trump, a, a retired four-star general who knows what he's talking about, who is a renowned expert on not only foreign policy but military policy, has clearly said the worst thing that we did was abandon Bagram Air Base and not leave ourselves a forward presence. It doesn't mean that you're there for all the combat operations. It doesn't mean you're going to plus up at any general time. But you've got the facilities if you ever have to plus up. It's an airhead. You can land the troops immediately without having to go and seize the airfield first. You've got the ability to stage airstrikes if you need to. You've got the ability to have a place for uh, human intelligence assets to come and go. You've got the ability to actually be close to Iran if you have to launch a drone to see what it is they're doing at their Natanz nuclear power plant. Right now, the closest we can get is about eight hours away of flight time before you can ever put eyes on target. So folks, what I'm telling you is this has been a wasted opportunity. Extremely frustrating, maybe all the more so by seeing a headline that says that the place where I personally spent a year of my life walking the ground, talking to the people, finding the enemy, trying to rebuild society, and doing things in a way that I thought was meaningful and would have some intent as 20 years later come to a headline that says the Taliban are now flying their flag again and exhausted Afghan troops are doing the best they can to regroup in the absence of a U.S. that just walked away from them. And that's troublesome. Well, listen, we're going to head into a break right now. Uh, that's my time. I almost feel like that was a separate monologue just on the ideas of Afghanistan. At the top of the hour, we got the Attorney General Steve Marshall coming on with us. I look forward to hearing his discussion. I think it's important that we understand that we've got a solid Attorney General right now who is doing things for us to defend us against federal overreach. He's also been helping on issues related to vaccine passports right here in the state of Alabama. Plenty more where that came from, folks. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We shall be right back.
News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. Hey, listen, uh, you've heard me talk over and over again about my friends at ZLA Solutions. i got to tell you about them again, ZLA Solutions. Now, if you're looking for a job, go to their website, ZLAUSA.com. they got jobs posted all over North Alabama right now. Or maybe you're an employer looking to fill out your ranks, and it's hard to find people right now. It just... For whatever reason, it just is. And so all said and done, employers, go to ZLAUSA.com. That's the website for ZLA Solutions. They are putting people together with employers and employees all over the state of Alabama, and they're good at it. I know these folks personally. I've known them for quite a while. And they do what they do very well. They do it so well that they like to say, at ZLA, we don't just make it. We make it better. So listen, ZLA Solutions. That's ZLAUSA.com is the website. Check them out. Hey, Copper, I think we got somebody on the line, uh, David from Huntsville. I'll go ahead and take that call. I had done my, um, my time talking about Afghanistan, but I see David from Huntsville's on the line for right side to talk about Afghanistan. So, David, what you got? Hey, Phil. Can hey, you hear me? You, sir? Good? I, I can hear you fine. Okay. This is your friend David from Huntsville. I just wanted hey, to say. Hey, I know which David this is now. How are you, my friend? Yeah, good talking to you. This That was an excellent rant, whatever you want to call it, that you just gave. It was the best analysis from a strategic standpoint, I think, that I've heard between the isolationism and, and uh, you know, but still being uh, peace through strength. We both love President Trump and the peace through strength that he brought about, the, uh, the uh, even to our neighborhoods, the drug and crimes and and, uh, you know, the support for law enforcement in every way he was right. Uh, I did have one problem with him, and that was isolationism and uh, taking it too far. And I think you broke all that down uh, perfectly, describing the strategic, uh, you know, our, our strategic positions that we have. And we, and we can all agree for sure that this non-administration, this misadministration, has royally messed everything up, whether it's Cuba, uh, when they should be standing with the Cuban people and uh, providing Internet, you know, for political purposes, they they do what they want to do. So, Well, David, you're absolutely right, man, and I appreciate you. And, uh, and thanks, by the way, for keeping me in tune with several things along the way. I know you send me ideas and suggestions. And um, but uh, but yeah, you're you're right, man, and um, and thank you for that. I, I I appreciate hearing that you thought that was a, a cogent analysis, if nothing else, based in part on experience and also just on just a review of what sounds like common sense, but it's not always considered common sense. So yeah, David from Huntsville, man, thanks, and 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 we're, I'm glad you're a right side ruffian, brother. You you hang in there and keep listening to the show. Um, Copper, uh, you were let's see, I know you were a, you were probably what in elementary school when nine eleven happened. Yes, I had just started elementary school. Yeah, um, yeah, that would fit. So it, it it literally has been going the majority of your life. Um, yeah. And 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 you know, I'll say this: I I know that has to end. I mean, I I, I am not looking for a war footing constantly. But if you look at it, we still have bases in Germany and Japan from which we are allowed to do force projection into those regions of the world. Mm -hmm. Had we not had bases in Japan, how much harder would it have been in Vietnam or Korea? Had we not had bases in Germany, what would have happened during the Cold War when 
the Soviet Union was considering marching through the Fulda Gap and into Germany. Um, it, it's, it's just it's galling that we would go and spend hundreds of millions of dollars on infrastructure at an air base in a place where we need an air base and then turn around and walk away from it like it never need, was needed before in the first place. But your whole life, I mean, you've got a different perspective. I'd love to hear it. I remember being astounded the first time I realized that we were at war because I remember 9-11 clearly, but I didn't understand the aftermath. And I think it was probably not until a couple years later when I realized that we were at war. And, and I remember, even though I was that young, I remember it being my first moment when I realized how strong America was. The fact that it had astounded me that we were at war made me realize my assumption that we were such a stable country that I didn't need to fear that kind of thing. That's an excellent point. You know, I, I, when I came back from uh, both my tours, both of which were pretty, I guess I would just call them very lively tours, but um, one of the things that so struck me was coming back here and, and, and seeing how life was going on as if nothing was happening on the far side of the world. I came back from it being my everyday and being a place where I was just immersed and embedded in the threat and in the danger and in the, the attempts for daily progress only to come back here and find out that, you know, people were at the Little League games and getting a burger and grilling out on Saturday night and going to the beach. And it was just... It just made me blink. It was hard. It was hard to. There were there were days when it was hard to fathom. How, how do y'all not know this is going on? And um, I remember one time. Uh, I think I'd been home from uh, Baghdad not very long. Charlene and I were driving down the road, and I I literally, she saw me kind of duck my head down and look at something and, and look back while I was driving. She said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Did you see the guy up on the billboard?" And she said, "No." I said, "I just realized I'm still scanning all the rooftops." Mm. Just you know part of it but back here everything was was fine but folks there is still a war in the far side of the world a place where we shed blood and treasure we cannot forget it and we also cannot just sit idly by and say wow wow that was 20 years okay what's next why would you do that so phil williams sitting here right side radio my opinions is we just lost a major opportunity to maintain a force presence to maintain a foreign policy presence to maintain an intelligence presence in a place where we had spent 20 years investing and just walked away from it like there was nothing there. Like we're never going to need it again. I guarantee you the day is going to come we're going to wish we had it and we're going to go back and start from scratch. Hope not in my time, but anyway. Listen, News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We're we'll back with a change of subject. Attorney General Steve Marshall coming up right after the top of the hour. We'll be right back.